I want to keep with the theme that we started last week of Christmas movies that we enjoy and how do they relate to the true meaning of Christmas. Another of our must-see Christmas movies is A Christmas Carol. There are many different adaptions to this wonderful story and Kim and I have several that are our favorites. We like the George C. Scott version of Scrooge, one of the older versions. We enjoy the Muppet version where Rizzo the Rat is narrating and Michael Caine plays Ebenezer. That is a really must-see if you haven't seen the Muppet version. Rizzo the Rat does a wonderful job. Then there's the American remake called An American Christmas Tale, American Christmas Carol. And it stars Henry Winkler. Yeah, the Fonz. Yeah. He is named Benedict Slade instead of Ebenezer Scrooge because it's an American version and we have copyrights. So, you know, but he plays the Scrooge type character very much like the regular version. And don't forget the Patrick Stewart of Star Trek. He plays a wonderful uh, version of the Scrooge in a closer to the original. He's such a good actor. I highly recommend that version of, America, of, of A Christmas Carol if you so desire. But he does a wonderful job in it. There's even a relatively new movie that become, has become one of Kim and I's favorite. And it's about Charles Dickens himself. And, and it's about how he wrote the original book. Uh, in this film, his characters come to life in his mind as he can create their name. And, and it goes through the story of some of them experiences that come from interactions with people and even from his own past life. Kim and I love this movie title, and it's a title, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Now we know he didn't really invent Christmas, but he did stir the hearts of people who were starting to lose hope. In, 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 in old England, they were starting to lose hope, and, and this book inspired a new, a, a new enthusiasm for the Christmas time. Yes, there are a lot of versions, and yes, Kim and I are fans of this story. And being fruit jar collectors, you know I had to throw this in. Being fruit jar collectors, we even own a copy of the, Amer the Christmas Carol that the ball company, the ball jar company, gave out to their employees in 1925. Now some of those books of, the Amer of A Christmas Carol have come to sale and Kim and I have bought one of those and it sits proudly in our most precious jar spot. Uh, so it's almost a hundred years old, stop and think about it. And I thought it was really a cool idea for the ball company to present their employees each with a book of A Christmas Carol. I'm sure there was a Christmas bonus more than that. At least I would have been grumbling if I didn't get a check, you know. But, <laughs> but in 1843, the world was introduced to a new Christmas classic, A Christmas Carol. 
And the timing of the book was perfect. England was nostalgic for old Christmas traditions and longed for the introduction of new ones. And Charles Dickens' short story was an instant hit. Everyone knows the story. The bitter old miser Ebenezer Scrooge is transformed by the visit of the four ghosts. The first is his deceased partner, Jacob Marley. The last three are the ghosts of Christmas's past, present, and future. From the very beginning, the critics viewed A Christmas Carol as an indictment on the 19th century capitalism. And if you know anything about history, you realize that time of industrialism was very hard on the working class. But Dickens had a heart for the poor. And it brings the readers images of light, joy, warmth, life. Yet it also brings images of darkness, despair, coldness, sadness, and death. Scrooge himself is the embodiment of winter who is transformed into spring. Maybe that's why this book has been spoken of for generations. We all long for transformation. We all long for hope and a better world. Recently I watched the classic and I have to admit that the name Jesus is not found in the movie or even in the book. But that doesn't mean that Christ's fingerprints are not found everywhere, everywhere in it. Like Dickens, Jesus has a heart for the poor and for transformation. Jesus came to transform, did he not? At the beginning of the story, it's a Christmas Eve. The main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, is visited by his deceased business partner, Jacob Marley. I want to call this message this morning, Christmas According to Dickens. But our gospel reading for this morning is going to be found in Luke Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Luke 1 states, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. You know the story. Everybody knows the story. Ebenezer Scrooge lived for one thing, for money. Nothing else really mattered to him. Day in and day out, he sat in the place of business making more money. The problem was... His money wasn't making him happier. It was making him miserable. And if you don't believe me, ask the people that are in his life. You should ask his clerk, Bob Cratchit, working in the cold. He barely made enough to feed his family. Not, and he not only feared Scrooge, but he pitied him. He knew Scrooge was miserable. You could ask his nephew Fred, who was Scrooge's sister's Fran's only child. Every year, annually, Fred would go to his uncle Ebenezer's office and invite him for Christmas dinner. And every year he was turned down. He knew his uncle was miserable. You could ask those two nameless chaps who came to his office to collect for the poor. They were shocked 
by his treatment, but knew the truth. Scrooge was miserable. 1 Timothy 6, 9-10 Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Without this miraculous, without the miraculous, Scrooge would have died a miserable man. But the miraculous came in the form of a deceased business partner named Jacob Marley. You remember the story? Scrooge is locked safely and securely in his home. Then the most unusual things start to happen as he goes to the door. He begins. It begins innocent enough, the door knocker is transformed. The lion's face turns into Jacob's face. The wind blows without warning, even in the house. The clocks strike out of time. Scrooge locks his bedroom doors for extra security, but it doesn't matter. Without an invitation, Marley enters the room. He is visiting Scrooge for one reason transformation. He must change his ways or face his horrible fate. Scrooge is like many in our time. He doesn't like change. We don't want to change. He appeals to Marley's practical side and reminds him of their days in business. He was a good businessman. They made a great deal of money together. There is only one problem. Money-making was not their business. Scrooge was blind to what Marley now knows. Marley says it clearly. Mankind is our business. It's at this point that the old Christmas classic begins to intersect with the gospel lesson found in Luke. If we look at Luke's background, Luke was born into a Gentile family educated in the Greek classics. When his formal education was complete, Luke was a doctor, Dr. Luke. However, the church will always remember Luke as a companion of Paul during Paul's second missionary journey. That's the reason many consider Luke to be Paul's gospel. We are in the opening four verses of the book and these verses are vital because they set the stage for the entire book. In these opening verses, Luke admits to his work that his work is not original. There have been other books that have tried to summarize the life of Jesus, but his book is different for one reason. Luke himself can be trusted. His accounts have been from eyewitnesses and fellow believers who actually saw and was interacting with the life of Jesus. Luke has investigated these stories. The false ones have been eliminated, and the true ones have been included. And he does this work for one reason. He wants his body of believers, especially this person, Theophilus, to know the truth. The truth is, Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the only Son of God, and our holy hope of salvation. Jesus came for one reason, and that's to bridge the gap 
between mankind and God. Marley may have said this, it after his death, but Jesus demonstrated it during his life. Mankind is our business. And all of God's people said, Amen. All of God's people said, Amen. All right. Mankind is our business. The first ghost that came to Scrooge after Marley was, ghost of, was the ghost of Christmas past. The past is complex. Each one of us holds memories of joyous Christmases, wonderful times together with family. We also hold past disappointments. Maybe Christmas isn't so merry. Do you know anyone who struggles during the Christmas season? Or at least has from once, once or twice? Do you struggle with the Christmas season? Jesus can help them and you. There has never been a moment, I want you to hear this, there has never been a moment in your life when Jesus wasn't with you. Even on the darkest day, Jesus was with you. The second ghost that came to Scrooge was the ghost of Christmas present. Both Dickens and Jesus had a heart for the poor. They should never be forgotten. When you help the least, you are helping Jesus. And the third and final ghost that came to Scrooge was the ghost of Christmases yet to come or the ghost of Christmas future. Somewhere down the road, a Christmas is coming where you will not be present. Your chair around the table will be empty or filled by somebody else because you will be joined with the cloud of witnesses. No one gets to escape this. I just experienced this very thing as we had Christmas gathering with Kim's mom. It was just like always except Jack wasn't there. As we gathered at the table, I ended up in Jack's spot. Not on purpose. It's just how the table settings fell. And it, it, it didn't feel right. I've never sat there before. But now, I guess it's because I'm the oldest male in the family. At this point, at least, the chair fell to me. Jack wouldn't want it back. He doesn't want it back. But the absence was noticeable. No one gets out of this world alive. We are all terminal from birth. And someday each one of us is going to die. So let's look more closely at these visitations that we find in this story. The ghost of Christmas past. The first ghost that we come to that comes to Scrooge is the ghost of Christmas past. Do you remember the story? His past is filled with some wonderful experiences and some not so great experiences. The good and the bad. There was the Christmas that he spent with old Fezziwig and the joyous Christmas party and the dancing and the, and the food. Christmases, and then there were the Christmases that he was spent alone at the boarding school where no one came. Scrooge's past was filled with both good and bad. We can all relate to that statement, 
your Christmases are not all the same. Christmases aren't all the same, are they? Our, our kids grow up and it gets different and then they have kids and it gets awesome again. And then I don't know what comes after that. I'm not there yet. But Christmases aren't all the same. How many wonderful Christmas memories do you hold near to your heart? How many Christmas memories do you have that will make you cry? I was just talking with Kim about this. One of my very good Christmas memories I had as a kid. We went to Grandpa Hartman's one year. Something that we didn't do often. I only remember one time actually. Maybe we did it more, but maybe it was because of distance or snow. But this time we were there. And many of our cousins were there too. I, I guess that they probably, they live closer, so maybe that was normal for them to show up. But for us to be there was an anomaly. <clears throat> well, I was probably 12 or 13, and I got a set of boxing gloves. My little cousin was maybe six or seven, and he wanted to box. So I got on my knees so we could be about the same height, and he came at me like a tornado. <laughs> He's swinging like a wild man, and all I could do was laugh and laugh and try to keep a little distance with my longer arms because he was just going at it. He didn't hurt me, but he was funny. Everybody in the room was laughing. But I think Grandpa Hartman laughed the hardest. That's a good memory. But for many, Christmas isn't merry. Some people, even church people, struggle with things during Christmas. They struggle with broken dreams or disappointments. The passing of a loved one. The one true love who never came. The adult child who never achieved independence. The job that was lost. The money that was wasted. The health that failed. Or maybe you never got that weenie whistle. Some of you will get that. For others, I will explain that to you after church if you ask. You're going to want to know. Not really. We need to be reminded of three things. Life is hard. Sometimes we need others. And we always need God. That's why we come to church. It's a nice place to see our friends and my church family. But what we really need and want is God's presence to show up. To be with us. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 28? He said, I am with you always until the very end of time. Aren't you thankful that God has always been with you? I know I am. The first ghost was the ghost of Christmas past, and the second ghost is the ghost of Christmas present. The second ghost come, came to Scrooge, as the ghost of Christmas present, you remember the story? Scrooge was, Scrooge's world was filled with poverty. 
Embodiment of that poverty was his clerk, Bob Cratchit. He worked tirelessly in Scrooge's lifeless, cold office for slave wages. Out of that small income, he was to provide for his family. Scrooge was so consumed with himself that he doesn't even know a single thing about the Cratchit family. It is the ghost of Christmas present that introduces him to the saddest member of the family, which is Bob's crippled son, Tiny Tim. Once Scrooge meets him, everything begins to change. Charity is when you collect for strangers. Mission is when you get personally involved with human need. How would your perspective change about the poor if you personally knew the poor? Makes a big difference. Matthew 25 is one of the great chapters in the Bible. In that chapter we hear the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep and the goats are separated. The sheep go to heaven, but the goats go to hell. The distinction is simple. The sheep responded to human need, but the goats failed to do so. Jesus said it clearly, clearly, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. That verse can be troubling to us, can't it? Can make us question, have I done enough? There is no shortage of human need in our world. This Christmas, is, this Christmas, Jesus expects us to help them. But how do we know who to help? I'm really, honestly, spiritually proud of the people of Mount Hope. We do so many different things to help the poor. There's the Christmas child boxes. We sent things with Rex and Dee for the homeless. We support compassionate ministries and the Hope Clinic with our finances, our support of missions around the world, and we've sent crisis care kits all over the world. I know many of you have found someone locally that need help, and you did what you could. If not this year, you did it in years past. And all these things and more are ways that we help the poor. And I personally believe that God is appreciative of our efforts. <coughs> I, I'm very, very pleased to stand here with this group of people. The first ghost was the ghost of Christmas past. The second ghost was the ghost of Christmas present. And now we come to the ghost of Christmas future. The third and final ghost that came to Scrooge was the ghost of Christmas was yet to come or the ghost of Christmas future. We meet this ghost wearing a long black robe and the face of the ghost is never seen. The gender is never identified. The only thing that appears are those long bony fingers that point to the home of the Cratchit family because in the future Tiny Tim dies. They point to the grave and Scrooge is faced with his own fate, his own death. And as the ghost leaves, Scrooge is begging for one more chance. 
He will keep Christmas in his heart 365 days a year. Scrooge doesn't want to die alone and unloved. I have Kim pulled up a clip for me. This is the George C. Scott version of that scene. I want to show it to you. might help tie it all together. I thought we had agreed that you would transport me home. Inspector, something informs me that the moment of our parting is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me, what man was that whom we saw lying dead? No, before I draw near to that stone, answer me this. Are the things you have shown me the shadows of the things that will be? Are they the shadows of the things that may be only? will foreshadow certain ends. I, I accept that. But if those courses be departed from, the ends must change. Tell me that is so by what you show me. the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been but for this visitation. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Good spirit, your nature intercedes for me and pities me. Say that I may change these things by an altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me that I may sponge away the writing on this stone. <laughs> And Scrooge wakes up in his bed with an opportunity. Have you ever met a person who wanted to die? We all want to live for eternity. The Gospel of Luke was written for one reason. He wanted you to know the truth. He wanted you to know the greatest life that have, had ever lived. He wanted you to know that Jesus was the only Son of God and was raised from the dead. He wanted you to know that Jesus was our only hope. <laughs>
of salvation. There's no other way. But one of the greatest passages of all time does not come out of the Gospel of Luke. It comes from the Gospel of John. However, Luke would wholeheartedly agree. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him may not perish, but have eternal life. Wouldn't you like to live for eternity and never die? Yeah, me too. Jacob Marley changed Scrooge's direction in life. He wasn't the same man. Scrooge was transformed and he kept Christmas the rest of his life. However, Marley and the ghosts were unnecessary. He could have saved the trip. All Scrooge ever needed was Jesus. If Scrooge would have known Jesus from the very beginning, then he would have already known the truth. Mankind was his business. He would have known that Jesus was always, has always been there with him. After all, life is hard and we need help. He could have known to care for the poor. He would have known eternal life was an option. What he needed more than Jacob Marley was Jesus. And so do we. And so do we. That's what we need. The Christ child that came from the manger and went to the cross, changing the covenant from the old sacrifice of animals to a one-time offering of himself. What a perfect plan. What an opportunity for us. I'm going to want Kim to play that Oh Come All Ye Unfaithful again. And I don't know. This is... Maybe someone here has something they want to pray about. The altars are open. Gladly I'll pray with you. Um, maybe you just want to absorb the song. Maybe you want to just think about what Christ has done for you. Wherever you feel like your heart is, please allow the Holy Spirit to move in it. Kim, go ahead and play for us.
Christ is born for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness to us, the blessings. And as we celebrate this Christmas season, would you not let us forget the past, the present, the future, and all that you've done for us. Lord, you have been blessing us in ways we have not even seen or remembered. And would you help us to catch a re-glimpse of those things. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Be with us as we go into our week. Would you help us to find someone and share the good news to? And we thank you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.